It's that time. The sports talker. Here's TJ Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you. It's a new week of the sports talker. I'm TJ Walker. I look forward to uh, talking what happened over the weekend and what we have to look forward to heading in to this week. This uh, a, a week where sports world kind of gets another view into Louisville. And nope, not Derby Week, but the PGA Championships at Valhalla. It's a, a good chance for Louisville as a city to attract and be, be look like an attractive city to tourists. So uh, I hope everybody that's traveling into Valhalla. Not that they might be listening to the show, but I hope they enjoy what Louisville has to offer. Obviously, Valhalla on the east end of Louisville, not really close, you know, about 20, 25 minutes from downtown. But still, part of Louisville I look forward. I'm going to be out there a few days. And even if there is no Tiger Woods, then we'll have to, uh, we'll have to make do anyways. Uh, like I said, said last week, it was probably unlikely that he was going to win. But we still would have liked to see him out there. He's not 100, 100% out, as far as I know. Uh, his caddy was actually out Valhalla viewing the, the course and taking a tour and kind of scouting the greens and uh, just to get a feel for uh, if Tiger were to play, what they need to look out for. So that's a positive sign, and supposedly his agent is saying it's not 100% done. I would be surprised just based on how much pain Tiger looked like he was in at this past weekend's tournament in Akron, I, I think it's unlikely he's going to play. But it, but again, while that's a, a big loss and uh, it's going to be disappointing not to be able to watch Tiger play, and search, uh, uh, certainly if he was in contention, uh, golf has, uh, I don't want to say, has moved on from Tiger because, like I've said, I, I feel he's the most important athlete to any sport out of all sports. It hasn't moved on from him. But it's been virtually without him, at least a competitive Tiger Woods, for over a year now. So if it if no Tiger this weekend, it'll be okay. Like I said, Bubba Watson. There's there's plenty of interesting storylines. Rory McIlroy has been on a tear this year, and so plenty of things to look out for. We'll talk more golf and PGA Championships during this week, and, and maybe even later today. As for today, Kentucky football practice has started. Summer school for a lot of these guys hasn't ended yet. But football practice has started. Uh, they set their alarms for 5 a.m. That's awfully early. They spoke with the media around 8 a.m. And uh, some good stuff, some interesting stuff. Uh, we'll have Brett Dawson on, my boss, to talk a little bit more about what Stoops and the defensive players had to say today. Look forward. It, it's finally football is upon us. Some games are still a few weeks away, but... Their starting practices that were inching closer and closer as we move forward. A lot of other interesting stuff. Uh, there's a weekend full of news that I'm going to have to try to get to today. I uh, don't know how much time I'll be able to spend, but like I said, we've got a we got all week. If I don't get it today, we can move on tomorrow and in, in the following days. UK starts in the Bahamas on Sunday. That's coming awfully close. Most of those games will be on ESPNU and. You can watch them there. Jay Billis is going to be calling all the games, all six of them. Uh, really looking forward to this because, like I've mentioned, 
when teams take these trips to the Bahamas and to Nassau, they generally play some really bad teams. Uh, some teams, uh, I remember when Louisville went down there a few years ago, one of the teams were short on players because one of the guys was late for work. Uh, I think Pittsburgh is down there right now, which is a, obviously a major college basketball program in the ACC. They're down there in the Bahamas playing right now. There's going to be a couple teams down there at the same time Kentucky is. I think UNC might be another team that's going to be down there, at least in the area. But these Bahama teams, these Bahama national teams that these uh, that colleges play when they make this trip are awful. They're terrible. Like I mentioned, you've had some roster problems. I know Pittsburgh had a game or some game scheduled where uh, one of the teams just had to cancel because they didn't have enough players or at least had to postpone the game. Kentucky's not going that route. They were able to find some international teams, uh, some international national teams and then also just some professional teams from overseas so it's going to be better competition and it wouldn't be crazy to see Kentucky even lose a game to be honest they're going to be playing like guys uh, maybe not bigger than them but they're going to be playing older guys guys that have uh, a little bit more muscle than just 18 and 19 year old kids so it's going to be a a real test for Kentucky starting next Sunday and and obviously Kentucky's going to be without Willie Cauley-Stein and Trey Lyles two of their big guys, so Carl Anthony Towns and Dakari Johnson, Marcus Lee, some of the other front court, front court players are going to have their word cut out for them, and it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. It, it certainly is, and you'll we'll have to wait till next week to be able to watch that, but again, most of the games are going to be on TV, and then the SEC Network starting here pretty soon. Some of the games will be on SEC Network, which is really, uh, SEC Network, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with because the programming for it starts here pretty soon. They've listed some of the shows. Paul Feinbaum's going to be a big part of it. Whether you like him or whether you dislike him, uh, you, you you know him. So he's going to be a big part of SEC Network. I was watching AT&T University the other day. That's my cable provider. And one of the commercials, and this is one of the things I like about AT&T Uverse, but one of the commercials was an SEC Network commercial, just kind of a hype, uh, basically saying it's it's coming soon. But one of the interactive features of SEC, of AT&T U-verse is they let me, they just said hit the OK button to learn more during the show, during my the, the commercial, during live TV. So I hit the OK button, and it took me to uh, some SEC Network page. I don't really know what the deal was there, but they had programming shows. They had all the information for what the for what the station's going to look like. It had a, a trivia game with 10 questions. Uh, I'm happy to say I got all 10 out of 10. They're not super hard. One of the questions was, which SEC basketball program has the most NCAA titles? And that was pretty easy. Uh, one of the toughest ones I was able to get this right, I'm not sure how, was what SEC football program has the most SEC championships title game, has one of the most SEC title game championships. Not regular season championships, but one in the SEC title in football. Yates, do you have any guesses? I do not, know. You don't have a guess? You, you, out of the 14 teams, you, don't, you couldn't just guess one? I'll say Tennessee. It was, I, I think the four options were LSU, Alabama, Tennessee, Florida, and the correct answer was Florida because uh, they did win a ton uh, in the with Urban Meyer, and then they've they've had with Spurrier. They had some uh, good runs, obviously, as well. So 
that was who won that. That was the only difficult one. But pretty cool. SEC Network's on the way, and I'm looking forward to it, needless to say. Kentucky showed some jerseys for the Bahamas trip. They're very colorful. They kind of look like similar to the jerseys that they wore at Tennessee back in 2013, a game that Kentucky got beat by 30. So they're similar to that. They've got the UK logo on the front with the number underneath. On the sides of the jerseys, they've got a stripe pattern, blue, white, blue, white. On the back, they have eight stars. And then underneath that, they have the outline of the state of Kentucky. And then it's the number. And underneath the number is the last name. So it kind of has an international feel to it. That's how a lot of international jerseys look. So Kentucky's kind of going that route for this Bahamas trip. They're just going to wear these jerseys for the Bahamas. And they'll go back to the regular jerseys when the regular season starts a few months down the road. Uh, they look they look nice, though. It's a much better look than what a lot of teams do in these Bahama trips and what Kentucky did in Canada four years ago. And they're not wearing the old practice jerseys that you normally see teams look. Most UK fans seem to be okay with them. Uh, they're not really getting too picky about it. But So Cats will have fresh new digs for when they play in this Bahamas tournament coming up here relatively soon. One thing we talked a lot about on Friday was the Team USA scrimmage that night. We talked about Team USA and the the reports that uh, one of the Plumleys, Miles Plumley, or Mason Plumley, excuse me, was going to take DeMarcus Cousins' spot on Team USA and how it seemed that that was the way Coach K was leaning. According to reports, no decision had been made on that. Later that night, they played a scrimmage in Las Vegas. Unfortunately, the, the biggest storyline from that scrimmage was Paul George's uh, gruesome, I, I don't know what word to use besides gruesome, unfortunate, uh, almost tragic injury that he sustained late in that game. Uh, not really the best game for Paul George before that injury, but still just uh, not... It's, I, I'm worried that it's going to scare other great players away from playing for Team USA because now Paul George is out for the year, just like that, all because of a scrimmage for USA basketball. Now, I hope it doesn't. I could make a case for why star players shouldn't back away from uh, injuries or the the fear of injuries in international competition because that was a freak injury for Paul George, something that could happen on any practice, any pickup game, any scrimmage, any time he's playing. It wasn't, obviously, you you maximize your chances of getting hurt when you're playing at a high level like they do with a Team USA and you're going against the best. But that could have happened anybody at any time. And really, it kind of makes me think that the the little the back of basketball goals need to be changed and be, susp- and be raised. Maybe have the goal hanging from something from other. They need to come up with a different structure than what they have because you saw Paul George get hurt this way. You saw Nerland's Noel at Florida. It's basically stopping one part of somebody's body while the rest of the momentum carries the body, and it makes for some disgusting injuries like it did with Paul George. Uh, that was the unfortunate takeaway from the game, but there's a lot more to take away. Uh, you saw a lot of uh, – just, I was on my way down to the lake watching it on my phone – and some of the plays just made me laugh. When basketball is that good, it's it's so much fun for me to watch. 
some people will complain that there's no defense, but really it's just teams are that good. And DeMarcus Cousins, I, I liked what I saw a lot of him. Played 25 minutes, had 11 points, 11 rebounds. So he, he led his team in rebounds. He led the, the game in rebounds. That was one thing that uh, Trevor was saying. It was his concern, concern about rebounding with DeMarcus Cousins, which is kind of a silly concern when he averaged over 11.5 per game during the NBA season last year. He's a great rebounder, and I think he showed that Friday night that he's the best rebounder that Team USA Basketball has. I'd probably go with him or Kenneth Fareed as the best rebounders. Um, Fareed finished with 6.7 rebounds. I hope he makes the team. He's a guy that you want on an international basketball team. Just doesn't take a possession off and uh, plays very hard. Anthony Davis had an okay game. Seven points, four rebounds, one block. He's, he's I think, a lock to make the team. Uh, he didn't have to show too much there. John Wall looked okay. Not Maybe not his best game overall. Did more of a, a distributing type role than scoring. But really... Derrick Rose stole the show for me, and I thought he looked awesome out there. He only finished with eight points, but I, I think it's safe to say with some of the plays he made that he's back. It looks like confidence won't be an issue for him, which I think was a big part of – I wouldn't say a big part of him getting injured again because I, I believe injuries are completely random and they can happen to anybody at any time. But I don't think a fear of, of a repeating injury is in the back of his mind and he's playing – not reckless, but he was playing the way that he was. Yates, did you get a chance to see this Team USA scrimmage? I did not, know. I saw the injury, but that's about it. You were out in Colorado, correct? I was, yes. Well, how was, how was Colorado? It was incredible. Was there any reason for the trip out there, or just a nice little weekend getaway? Uh, there was a concert at Red Rocks that I wanted to go see. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Well, uh, I'm pretty jealous you got a nice little mini vacation out there. Is, is Red Rocks in Denver? Uh, it's just outside of Denver in Morrison. Okay. We used to go on a skiing trip every year to Keystone, Colorado, and obviously you have to fly into to Denver, and it's about an hour and a half, two hours outside of Denver. But uh, Denver is an awesome city. It's clean for the most part. It's obviously in the mountains, so you just kind of feel uh, fresher when you're breathing the air there, and there's plenty to do. It's a, a unique city. I like it, so I'm kind of jealous that you got to go out there, and instead of watching Team USA basketball scrimmage, you were enjoying a nice concert in a in a beautiful city. Okay, well, anyways, uh, Derrick Rose looked good. He, he's a guy that I was happy to see play well. And then from besides that, from uh, UK, uh, UK perspective, I, I named the three players. Demarcus Cousins certainly looked the best of the bunch. Mason Plumlee finished with ten points. For those wondering. Uh, actually second on his team in points, played 15 minutes, only missed one shot, got to the free throw line five times, only was able to connect on two of those. Only four rebounds for Plumlee. He had four fouls. That's that's just kind of the way he played at Duke. He fouled a ton. Just try to be – I imagine Mason Plumlee growing up was that kid on the playground that would just was kind of like a – you know, was kind of a tryhard, just would go after guys and – be obnoxious. You'd hate when he guarded you just because you'd want him to take a break or relax because it was just kind of a fun pickup game and he was overly obnoxious. I, I think he still does that. And, and now, since everybody else is better than he, he is talent-wise, then he just resorts to fouling people. I, I, the last few days, I've really come off as me hating Mason Plumley. I don't hate Mason Plumley, but I think the notion of him getting a spot on the U.S. team over to Marcus Cousins is absolutely ridiculous. If you wanted to take 
some other big guys. I could understand it, but not not Mason Plumley. It just it doesn't make sense to me. So that that's the Team USA side of things. They're going to move on without Paul George. Obviously, there's much more basketball to be had. They got got more training. And they're going to train in Chicago, and then they're going to play Brazil August 16th in Chicago in an expi- exhibition game. And they'll keep going, do a little more, a little more training and exhibition games. Dominican Republic in New York. That's where Carl Anthony Towns is actually going to play for the Dominican Republic team, which will be fun. That's going to be right after they get back from the Bahamas, and then they play uh, Puerto Rico in an exhibition game. So playing some some. Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, some local teams, Brazil, a good international opponent that they'll get a, a, a test in a few weeks. So look forward to, to watching them. You at Team USA basketball is one of my one of my favorite hobbies is to to watch them. Coach K uh, only lost one game, which is kind of crazy to think about since he took over in 2005. That was to Greece. I don't remember the specific game, but they talked a lot about it on Friday. That's an impressive record. Uh, I think it's 64 and one. It's crazy to think about. Uh, I've always wanted. I think the USA kind of went on that slump in basketball, where I guess in 2004 they finished third in Athens or wherever they finished, and uh, didn't have much much success shortly after that. I think it's all about having a coach, having a coach that can make it cool. And Coach K, while he's getting less cool, I'd say the older that he, the older that he gets, uh, when he took over, he kind of made it fun to play for Team USA basketball. So I hope the coach they they use to replace him can do the same. And I know there's a lot of candidates. Billy Donovan's name has been thrown out there. I think he would be a smart choice. And as always, I think John Calipari would do a pretty good job of that if he was ever asked to. And I know he wants to. He would love doing it. I wanted to kind of show that he could coach by coaching the Dominican Republic. Also, was kind of semi-recruiting Carl Anthony Towns back then. Worked out for the Carl Anthony Towns aspect. I don't know if he really made much ground with coaching uh, with possibly coaching Team USA basketball down the road. We'll just we'll have to see about that. Anyways, as always, I want to take your tweets into the show at T Walker Rivals. Wonder what's going on with you on this Monday. I did not send out a, t- a, a tweet. Um, about what we were talking about on the show today, which usually reminds people. But I'll do one here soon. As, as after the break, we're going to have Brett Dawson of CatsIllustrated.com and the pl- publisher come on and talk about what went on at UK football practice today. And I know there's plenty of UK fans that are hungry for football. It's funny. It, this was the same way this past year, and it was the same way – I'd say maybe two years ago was only the only exception. The last year heading into Joker Phillips' year that I can remember – but UK fans, they get uh, maybe not as anybody, but they get excited as close to anyone when it comes to the start of the football year. And for a team that has been so bad the last few years, that's interesting to see. On one hand, you have to love the optimism. On the other hand, it's at times sad because most UK fans are smart and they know it's not it, it, the past few years heading into those seasons weren't going to be great seasons. Last year, no UK fan was expecting a bowl game. They wanted to see some improvements, and they did, not necessarily from the record standpoint, still going 2-10, and 10, but UK fans, are they get as pumped and as excited for the start of football season as almost anybody across the country, and this year is no different. So uh, our subscribers and, and message board users at catsillustrated.com are just hoping and, and uh, 
excited to see some more football news and they want to see more and they want to see more good news is what they're hoping for. So uh, Brett Dawson's going to come and, and talk about just what Mark Stoops had to say about day one of Kentucky football practice. So after the break, we'll get to him. Stick around here on 1450 Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. And we're back here, second segment of the Sports Talker on 1450, the Sports Buzz. A nice, humid, hot Monday afternoon. It should be hot all week for those heading out to PGA, out to Valhalla for the golf championship, the last major of the year. Let's waste no time. I'm sure the weather in Lexington is similar. My boss and publisher, CatsIllustrated.com, Brett Dawson, Brett, how are you? I'm great, TJ. It's it's you know it's kind of nice here. It's overcast. It's overcast. It's, it's a little bit it's sunny here. I was outside playing with my puppy earlier today. We worked up a sweat. Didn't take long. It's it's finally that August kind of hot, sticky weather. Uh, not the not the weather we've had maybe last week when it was in the 70s and 80s that I took for granted. But not being able to play golf, but. Anyways, let's let's enough about me. I, I'm I am the host here, so I feel like when I have you on, Brett, and you do the podcast for CatsIllustrated.com, and you kind of host those, uh, you know, you you get to do what you want to do on my radio show. I get to kind of lead the questions, but uh, it's fun. It's fun. It kind of makes me feel in charge, and, and maybe not you, not so much the the boss of me. That's uh, nice for you to have a little sliver of power once every great you know like every great once in a while like the only thing is so. the only thing is yeah you can just decide not to come back on my show but you wouldn't do that because uh, then the show wouldn't be as insightful as it is as we have brett dawson on but brett you had to wake up early this morning and get out and it, and cover some football you excited to be back on the on the football beat and have something other than baseball on uh, going on in your life well, it's nice to have something to, to write about. It's always nice when you, after the summer, there, there reaches a point in the summer, you know, you like it for a while. You like kind of the dead time because you do this year-round and basketball season ends and, and maybe baseball, you have some stuff to deal with with college baseball. And once all that finishes up, you have a couple of months where it's a little bit slow and that's nice. You get a little stir-crazy and you want to start covering stuff and being able to write more stuff. And so it's always nice to get to this point. But, I mean, when you have to get up at 6.30, that doesn't make it all that nice. So I wasn't loving that. I wasn't loving the part where we had to be over at UK at, like, 7.30 this morning um, to do interviews. But, you know, um, could have been worse. I could have been practicing. And, uh, you know, Bud Dupree told me that his alarm went off at 5 o'clock this morning. So uh, those guys had it way worse than we did. Yeah, that sounds awful. I'm sure the friendly folks at UK, the sports information directors and media relations, they had maybe donuts and coffee for you guys? They had uh, – Nothing and nothing. So that was my <laughs> I was guess. actually I was being sarcastic when I asked that, but you started it off well. Like, uh, oh, yeah, they no. might actually have had something. I would have felt bad. Uh, no, but, they they but, didn't. I was gonna go get coffee. I was actually gonna bring coffee for some of the some of my fellow media folks today. But then I thought it was it's kind of the whole like uh, you know bringing gum to class thing. Like I couldn't I couldn't get enough coffee for everybody. And that's plus, true. you know, if I didn't go get coffee, I got to sleep like a half hour longer. So. 
and he would have made some uh, some other people mad. And the 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 dog eat dog world that UK sports media is. Uh, you don't want you don't want you don't want any enemies or not any more enemies than than we've already got at catsillustrated.com. I guess that's probably oh, right. Yeah. Oh, only kidding. But it is a morning practice, and that is kind of a a, a change this early. Uh, in the morning is a change for UK football. If you were a coach, Brett, we've seen UK throughout the past three years, uh, four years, have night practices, afternoon practices, and now bright and early, very early practices. If you were a coach, when would you do it? And, and why? I know UK football right now is still in summer school, but why do some coaches decide to have them at some times of the days and other programs go a different route? Yeah, well, Kentucky right now, this is the first time that I can remember. And I mean, it's only Mark Stoops' second year, so it's definitely the first time under Mark Stoops. But the first time that I can remember that the, the summer school calendar changed a little bit. So they're still in summer school when they start fall camp. That's really unusual, and that's only for the first three days. So I think uh, three or four days. Class ends either Wednesday or Thursday, and so they can go back to a little bit more normal schedule. And he prefers a late afternoon schedule. We're typically doing interviews at like 5.30, 6 o'clock, as opposed to you know, 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. It's usually late afternoon. And he has some reasons for that, um, you know, some of which are, are based on kind of this high-performance thing they do that, that they think it's best for them to kind of get their day going and, um, you know, have, have they're a little bit more energetic a little bit later than they are first thing out of bed in the morning. So he prefers it that way. A lot of coaches have different preferences. Rich Brooks liked to get it out of the way and have it be the first thing players did. Joker Phillips kind of stuck with that. Um, you know, if it were me, I'd probably prefer to do it kind of late morning. Um, but class schedule, it's the worst time to do it for a class schedule because that's when most guys are going to be in class. I mean, the, the, for anybody who's been in college, you know, 9, 10, 11 o'clock are really common class times. Those are the most popular times. There's the most classes available. So you're just going to have guys in class at that point. It's just tougher to do. So, um, you know, that, that would be my preference because I think, you know, you want to give guys a little bit of time to wake up and get going. Um, but I think you'd like to get it over with before all the heat really hits. Um, I think probably, ultimately, if I were a coach, I'd probably move it around some, too, to, to simulate a couple different times a day that you might play. So there's a lot of different ways to do it, and there's really no right or wrong way. And this really, what they're doing right now, is not their preference. So they won't do this for very long. By next week, they'll be settling back into the, the morning practices will be part of two-a-days, uh, and their one single practice days, they'll, they'll be in the afternoon. I, I like uh, Brett. I think you had certainly mentioned that this last year, but I, I I like the idea of having late practices. It's gives the players you always have something going on. You have something to look forward to. You can't really get into trouble now that UK's football team would go out and get into mischief because you have practice later. And by the time you're done practicing, when the practice ends around six, it, you're you're I, I've never been through a college football practice, but I've seen some, and I imagine you'd probably be taking the rest of the night to sleep and uh, go to bed early, rest, do whatever other, um, getting taped and, and doing what other medical things you need to do, and then waking yeah, up and going to class. Yeah, that's that's part of the philosophy. I mean, I know when there was some debate, when Joker Phillips was here, there was some debate among coaches whether to continue with Rich Brooks's morning practices or kind of move them uh, into the evening or late afternoon. And one of the things some coaches really like about that, that late afternoon practice, I've talked to some different coaches about this, is just this idea that the day seems a little more regimented because when you go in the morning, they do have to get up early, but then they go to class, uh, then maybe they have dinner and you know after class, they've got time to take a nap during the day, whatever, and then they, they're kind of free for longer after hours. Um, and so I think what some coaches like is guys sleep until class, they get up and go to class, they go have lunch or whatever, they come to practice, 
uh, after practice there are meetings, then there's a meal, you probably have a study hall. It feels like they're a little bit more regimented at that point uh, for a little bit longer. The sort of more of their waking hours are under the guise of coaches. And so I, I think a lot of people like to, to watch, to, to have that happen. They like to have their, their gaze on their players for as long as possible. What did you take away from today's first media opportunity after practice? Uh, Stoops talked, and then I guess it was the defensive players yep. that spoke, and, and defensive coordinator DJ Elliott. What was one of the main takeaways you had from the, from the defensive side of practice and what the players had to say and coaches had to say? Yeah, I think two things. One, and I think we'll hear the same thing about the offense uh, tomorrow. Uh, I don't think the offense was as good today as the defense, but I think we'll hear some of the same themes, which are, you know, essentially the, the first day is a lot easier this year than last year. There's a better understanding um, by the players of what these coaches expect, and there's a better understanding, I think, by these coaches of what, of what their players, what their personnel is. Uh, I think they understand who, who they have. They're very different players. They have better players than they had a year ago. Uh, but I think just because they've been around the returning players longer, they recruited the incoming players longer, uh, I, th- I think they have a better feel for their players. I think players have a better feel for the practice uh, format. And th- also there was a little bit more time uh, around those guys this summer by the new NCAA rules. You got a couple hours to meet with them. Coaches got to watch their workouts. Not really hands-on in those workouts, but you could see them. I just think there's a better feel. Everybody's more familiar, and that makes things a little bit more comfortable. Um, in terms of like a specific player, I think the real takeaway from day one was Ryan Flanagan because he was not here for all this stuff, junior college linebacker uh, from Blinn College. He's a guy that you know Oregon came hard after at the end and, and really wanted, and he stuck with Kentucky. Uh, he's a guy they're counting on. I mean, they, they, that's a, a need position for them. He's going to be at one of the outside linebacker spots, but they need help across the board at linebacker, and they're really counting on him, and he was not able to be here in the summer because he had to finish summer school at Blinn. So that's a guy who's kind of getting in late. He did have you know, the, the wonders of technology. He had Huddle on his phone, and he had workouts on Huddle for him to watch. They had up, uploaded videos of exactly what he needed to do. He had some defensive plays on Huddle. He had a playbook. Uh, he was able to study and kind of try to hit the ground running, and they were impressed today. You know, Bud Dupree said they kept it simple for him. He didn't have to do a whole lot, but what they asked him to do, he picked up pretty well and, and, and did pretty fast. So uh, I think they're happy with him after a day. It's, it's too early to, to you know, uh, anoint him a starter or anything, but uh, for where they needed him to be, I think they were happy. And that's, I was going to, you answered a lot of questions I was going to ask about Flanagan. He, we're doing the Cats Illustrated Player Series where we're counting down the top 25 most important players for UK heading into this football season. I had ranked Ryan Flanagan number one. I'm not sure exactly where he's going to fall into. You do, though, and, I, and I'm sure you don't want to spoil that exactly. Uh, I, I think he's going to be a huge priority for Kentucky, and, and, and he's going to have to step up and make a difference if the defense wants to be. Uh, be able to compete at an SEC level. And even if he does that, there's still plenty of other question marks. Did he pass the look test in terms of how he stood out? Uh, just in terms, he, he had been conditioning, he had been running, he said, he told reporters, he told you. Uh, but did he look like he was uh, up to speed or uh, up to SEC strength? Did he look, did he look good? Yeah, he, he's not a huge guy. I mean, he's not a huge linebacker. He's a little bit you know, more in the mold of, of some of the guys they've had that have looked a little bit like hybrids, like really big safeties, as opposed to really big linebackers. They're a little undersized linebackers. But he's, he's put together. He's obviously, you know, he looked to be in pretty good shape. He said he got winded a couple of times 
today because the pace of practice is not what he's used to. And, and as much running as you do, all kinds of conditioning are different. So, uh, you know, you can run all you want, but then getting out there, you're not in full pads today, but you're wearing equipment. Um, you're, you're, you're sort of moving from a station to another station, a field to another field. It's just a little different. You're doing that in between actually running plays. So it's just a different kind of conditioning. So I think, you know, he felt pretty good and they felt pretty good about where he was in that sense. But there's no question he's behind. I mean, it was the first thing Mark Stoops said about him. And there's just no way he couldn't be because as much as he had the workouts to do and he says he stuck with them and as much studying as he did of the playbook and was, he was on the phone with D.J. Elliott, the defensive coordinator, kind of getting pop quizzes and, and things about the, you know, he had to pass tests about the, the defense and the playbook. He, he knows those things, but it's not the same as learning it around your teammates. It's not the same as being in the gym with those guys. Uh, there's not the familiarity that guys have with one another. So, you know, I, I think they're happy with where he is on day one, but where he is on day one is really different than where he needs to be on day 20. I, I'm interested to see where he progresses. I, it, a similar situation was Nate Willis last year. Nate Willis, I think, arrived later than Ryan Flanagan came in, uh, but he had to pick everything up, and I don't think he made the transition as well as Flanagan is seeming uh, seemingly making the transition. Anyways, I, I want to ask you a few basketball questions before I let you go. First, let me ask you this uh, off-the-wall question. Brett Dawson, publisher, com. You saw a movie this weekend. Tell me tell me a little bit about that. A lot of our listeners like uh, like movies, and we're always looking for good for good reviews. What, what did you watch, and what did you think of it? I did. I saw Guardians of the Galaxy, which is really fun. It was an uh, enjoyable experience. It's a big, uh, big crowd-pleaser. It's one of those movies I recommend people go see while it's still really popular because it's, it's one of those things that the experience of seeing it in the theater, everybody laughs in the parts they're supposed to laugh at. People applaud it at the end of the screening that I saw. So, you know, people, uh, people enjoyed it. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thrill ride, but it's just one of those things. It's, it's funny. Um, it's got a lot of uh, sort of charm to it. It's, just a, it's, it's a really good sort of end-of-summer, summer movie. Interesting. I... I've, I, I, I Without your recommendation, I, I would not see that movie. There's, uh, I think, a, a raccoon in it, and that just it, it kind of seems goofy and silly. There is but, a talking raccoon uh, and a talking tree, and they're friends. Would the would <laughs> would the movie be maybe more interesting if you watched it in a movie theater in maybe Colorado or Washington? If you, I mean, I don't know. It might have been made by some people who have been to the, that kind of theater, but. Um, it's, I don't know, it's, it's just, it's really fun, it's a fun movie, I, I kind of have like a little bit of a, you know, I, I like comic book movies, but I was getting a little bit of comic book movie fatigue, there's getting to be so many of them, but this is based on a comic book that nobody's ever read, I'd never even heard of it until the movie was announced or whatever, so, uh, it doesn't have that same sort of, it doesn't feel like they're just selling you on the next comic book movie, it's got kind of a Star Wars sort of vibe to it, I guess. Interesting, I, I, well, if you say it's good, I, I've... I don't know if you've ever seen a movie you've said is good that I have seen and, and did not enjoy. So I'll go check it out. I've, I've been looking for a movie to watch anyways. It's kind of been a slow summer for movies, at least for my, my taste. But let me ask you a general buzz, that, by the way, at football practice today. You know, there's always time to sit around before we actually get coaches and players. We have to sit and wait for practice to end. Sometimes it runs a little long. So good general buzz among the U.K. media about Guardians of the Galaxy. Several people saw it over the weekend. Awesome. Interesting. Uh, and if you all saw it together, I'm going to be pretty disappointed I wasn't invited. Anyways, UK basketball, Bahamas trip starts Sunday. Uh, unfortunately, Cats Illustrated will not be there. Uh, I was hoping that you were going to send me and give me this nice vacation. 
Uh, I, I've kind of gotten over it, but whatever. Jerseys came out for what they were wearing today. I, I talked about this earlier in the show, but what do you think of them? I like them fine. I think um, here's, here's sort of my stance on these jerseys. They're a little bit unusual, and I think if they were like a regular season jersey, I don't think I'd be so crazy about them. Um, particularly like the – I'm never crazy about just this, the logo as opposed to the name of the university or whatever, just the logo being on the front. But for the summer, I mean, they're, they're essentially kind of glorified practice jerseys. They're kind of a step up from a practice jersey and a step below a game jersey. And that seems about right. That's what this is. This is a step up from practice, but a step down from real games. You know, the fashion sort of suits the, uh, the surroundings. And a little birdie told me you're going to get to watch this Kentucky team practice some this week. What are you going to be looking for in those practices? I am. I'm going to be over there today, actually, later this afternoon. They're practicing. As opposed to football, you know, both of them have the same sort of situation. There's summer school to work around. So whereas football went before classes start, uh, basketball will be practicing after classes end today. So they'll be kind of late, 5 or 5.30. Um, there's a couple things I want to see. Obviously, uh, when you've gone a little while without seeing some of those guys, you want to see physically where some guys are. We've seen some pictures kind of come out here and there, and, and the Harrison Twins look to have lost quite a bit of weight. Dakari Johnson looks to have lost some weight. So you're kind of looking at that stuff first, just physically. Um, I, I'm probably most excited, obviously. You know, I saw last year's team practice some. I saw them play a lot. And so uh, in addition to kind of looking at who's improved and who's, you know, who's, who's changed physically, who maybe looks a little more dynamic here or there or whatever, you want to see the freshmen, and in particular – you know, I want to see Tyler Eulis, who I think is going to be an exciting guy to watch. A very different kind of John Calipari point guard at 5'8". Watched him quite a lot in AAU ball and really liked him. Um, so I'm interested to see sort of how he's fitting in and what his role is going to be and what he's doing. Uh, at this point, obviously, we're not going to know everything about those things, but interested in seeing that. And then Carl Anthony Towns is a guy who I just have not seen very much of. As you know, uh, cover recruiting, he, he didn't go to a lot of the big-time AAU events. So I haven't seen him since the, the National Basketball Players Association camp last summer. And he really he came late uh, just as, as you and I were leaving that camp. So really only saw him uh, for a day there. I uh, just haven't seen a whole lot of him other than in you know, the all-star circuit. Uh, and that, that's not real. So I, I'm interested in seeing him in kind of real competitive basketball. Um, it'll be the first I've seen of him in that setting in a, in a real long time. And this is practice. But you know, th- there will be a chance to see just you know, a little bit about what kind of player he is. Yeah, we're speaking with Brett Dawson, publisher of CatsIllustrated.com. One last question before we let you go. With this Bahamas trip and this Kentucky basketball team, obviously they're going to be without Willie Colley-Stein and Trey Lyles. But one way or the other, depending on their record and how many games they win or, and, or, or how many games they lose, can we make some assumptions heading into the season? Let's say if they were to go 2-4 and four in this Bahamas trip or 1-5 or and, and, and didn't look great, would it be fair to kind of lower expectations heading into October or, or say if they, were going, if they went 6-0 and oh and dominated all these national teams and uh, pro, international pro teams, would it be, would, could we buy into the hype more so? Are you going to look at the record at all and, and make some opinions based on how they perform in the Bahamas? You know, it's interesting. Maybe – but I don't think you can make that determination now because I think you have to see the teams they play. Um, we, we know a little bit on paper which will be the best teams. We know that some of the other teams won't be very good. We know that a couple of the, the national teams they play should be pretty solid. But we don't know who all is going to play on those teams. We don't know anything about some of the lower-level teams they're going to play. So I think you can make some evaluation of Kentucky based on these six games, but I think you've got to see the six games. You've got to see each of those games. 
And even then, you will have to be cautious because, I mean, essentially, you know, we don't know much about Trey Lyles, but Willie Cauley-Stein is a known commodity, and he's probably the most versatile defensive player in the country. And so he's going to be a real game-changer. So not seeing him, uh, it's going to have a real impact on the, on the way you view this team and what this team looks like. So I think it's fair to take some stuff from that, but not much. It's, it's, again, it's so early in addition to kind of not knowing what this competition is there's been some practices, but it's very limited practice. I think if they're great, if they're just, you know, if they're right out of the gate terrific and they run the offense spectacularly and the Harrison Twins look great against some good guards, assuming there are some, then maybe you can, you know, maybe you buy in just a little more. But I don't think you have a, I don't think it has a huge impact positively or negatively what they do here. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think almost it's, it's, a win-win for them. Even if they look bad, you can go back to last season when they struggled during the regular season, and this is in August. So if they're bad now, there's plenty of time for them to get better. If they look dominant right from the get-go, that would be a positive. We need to head to our last commercial break. Brett, we always have you on longer than expected, but that's because you always have so much good stuff to say, and I appreciate it uh, very much. Thank you very much for coming on, and I'll talk to you soon. Brett Dawson, CatsIllustrated.com. And we're going to head to our last commercial break. We'll be right back for one short segment here on a Monday edition of Sports Talkers. Stick around. Listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We're back. Final short segment, 1450 The Sports Buzz. Exciting time to be in Kentucky, especially Louisville. You've got the golf tournament this week, practice rounds leading up to Thursday when the tournament actually begins. And again, this Sunday, you've got. Basketball, which is weird to say in August, but you do. And then shortly after that, you're going to, and you still have more basketball, Team USA. Shortly after that, football is finally going to be here. I look very excited for that. One thing I mentioned to Brett Dawson, and I appreciate him coming on, as always, does a great job. One of the best, if not the best, beat writer when it comes to UK sports. And I'm not just saying that because he pays my bills. Uh, he does a great job, and I. I'm very lucky to be able to work for him. But one thing I said is that I I thought it was a win-win for Kentucky in this Bahamas trip. And the reason I say that, and I kind of mentioned it, and if they come out and don't look good, I mentioned that last year during the regular season they didn't look good. So uh, there's correlations there. But also, they're not going to have Trey Lyles. They're not going to have Willie Cauley-Stein. They're going to be playing a group of uh, professional teams, guys that all play professionally somewhere. Some of these teams are going to be national teams. But the guys on those national teams play professionally somewhere, even some in the NBA, unless they they sit out. But that doesn't seem to be the case. So they're going to be playing national teams. They're going to be playing professional players, guys that have been around each other much longer than this Kentucky team. Yes, this Kentucky team, all of them enrolled early, and they've been able to have some practices and been able to play together. 
but it doesn't you can't build that chemistry you can't build that connection all the way over just a month or two and you don't and you don't have Willie Cauley Stein and Trey Lyles two guys that uh, one both could certainly start and I don't think anybody would be surprised uh, one I, I'm sure Willie Cauley Stein will definitely start for this team so you, you're missing one starter and a guy that's going to play st- starters minutes if not start himself and Trey Lyles so I, I think it's a win-win for them even if they go down there don't look great you can still be optimistic heading into the season or they go down there and they dominate and then Kentucky fans are going to be going nuts for uh, the upcoming season and be very excited about it so uh, I look forward for that getting underway I can't believe how close it is anyways uh, plenty more to talk about that I'm not going to be able to get to today we'll have to We'll have to put some of that stuff off till tomorrow. There was plenty of big recruiting news from the weekend. Uh, some even with Louisville, uh, as uh, Alonzo Trier commits to Arizona. He was a guy that Louisville was really looking at, and that Kentucky was kind of sniffing around about. A uh, great scoring guard. I probably put him third in the class behind Malik. Newman and Antonio Blankney. So Kentucky, it's pretty much down to those two guys for scoring guard. Louisville is between Antonio Blankney and Donovan Mitchell for scoring guard options. Donovan Mitchell cut his list to five. Louisville made that cut. Brandon Ingram, a guy from North Carolina, he's a a wing option, is uh, considering Duke, North Carolina, a lot of people believe it's going to be tough to get him out of his home state, but he says he'll definitely take an official visit to Kentucky and will certainly take an official visit to Kansas. He's this long three, four type of player that can score from anywhere. He's a fun player to watch. Definitely needs to get a little bit stronger before he gets to college, but a unique game and and the ability to score anywhere and also put it on the floor. So that's going to be a recruitment to watch for Kentucky fans. And then there is a a mess going on with Jalen Brown recruitment. UK's top priority he had some quotes to UCLA's rival sites talking about Adidas and how he's buddy-buddy with the heads up there, and he loves how much Adidas takes care of him. I, I, I know how it works, but those quotes just come off as fishy regardless. And if you don't take them in context, they're very fishy, but they're fishy regardless. So I'll, I'll, I don't have enough time to talk about that today, so I'll have to talk about that tomorrow. And looking, for, uh, and looking forward to, to talking a lot of stuff I didn't get a chance to. But basketball recruiting is heating up, and there could be a commitment in the next few weeks for Kentucky basketball, so you'll have to keep your eye on that. We're running out of time here. We kind of went long with Brett Dawson, but if we're going to if we're gonna have a long segment, might as well have somebody that can – a guest on that is as informative as he is. So I, I don't mind going short here, but we'll be back tomorrow. I hope you are too. Thanks for listening today. This is Sports Talker with TJ Walker. Stick around. KDV, Billy Snappy, Rich Chillin'. It's okay, hop in with your boys to the river and we taking the back way. We don't mind who you are, just ride to the rhythm, have a sip and a sunshine. Come on down.